Hey, I'm excited to be here today. Are you excited? Turn to the person next to you and ask them that. Hey, are you excited? Are you ready? Are you ready? God's going to do some great things in our lives today. Hey, I just want to give it up to our tech team. Listen, there's been some changes. You may not have even noticed it, but there's been a few little add-ons, which is really cool. Like this back screen now, I don't, have you noticed that it's like giving you words now? And That's all new as of this week. So I'm, I'm giving you know, some kudos to our tech team. Give it up to Caleb and Anthony and Aaron back there. I know Shane serves... Um, it's, it's awesome. Thank you guys for all that you do. And this is, this is really cool. Hey, let's get into today's study. This is part three. If you have not been along with us, it's kind of like you're coming in on the middle of a movie right now, um, because we are only going part four of this series. So you might want to back up and catch part one and two on our podcast. It's really easy. Um, you can find it really easy on, uh, iTunes. Um, you can find it on Google play, I believe is what it's on Google, Google play. Um, uh, yeah, um, so you, you can find it really easy. Even you can go to our website and find it. Um, but I would encourage you to do that. And, and so we're in the middle of this idea, this concept that we've been talking about and really building upon it chapter by chapter. And so I came across some statistics this week that really uh, pushed my heart and, and pushed my mind. I, I began to read them and I was like, wow, didn't know. I didn't realize. These are, these are current statistics um, that are out right now. Look at this one. Americans will spend roughly $465 billion on Christmas this year. Think about that for a moment. <clears throat> okay. Almost 50% of the world live on less than $2.50 a day. Remember we, last week we, we talked about how here in, in San Diego, like if you lived on, I think it was like if you had a $1,000 income a month, you're living on $30 a day, and this is $2.50 a day. Half the world lives on $2.50 a day. Get this one. Americans spend approximately $50 billion on fast food every year. Wow. Look at this one. 1.4 million children die each year from a lack of access to safe drinking water. 1% of the world's population owns more than 50% of the world's wealth. If you didn't know the United States is in that 1%, you are in that 1%. This last one, 25% of the world live without electricity. How many of you used electricity this morning before you came in? We're using it now, by the way, but we've used it, right? So, so 25%, that's, so that's over 1.6 billion people live without electricity. Just, just a, a thing that we take for granted. We flip on the switch. When it doesn't work, we're like, hey, what happened, right? Oh, it's a bulb. And we, we, we freak out when it doesn't work because we take it for granted all the time, but they live without it. Mm. Now, I know it's real easy. We, we kind of gloss over, right? We, we see statistics like this, and it's like, yeah, okay, they're all over. We hear them all the time. We kind of go on informational overload. It becomes informational noise to us. And we just kind of gloss over. So, so just for a moment, and, and I don't like to do this, but just for a moment, so let's, let's forget all the statistics and let's just focus on the one definition that we have established. And you probably remember it. It's on the top of your outline. I am rich because God has given me more than I need. Say it with me. I am rich because God has given me more than I need. If you're not a follower of Jesus in this room, you could easily take out God has given me, and you could just say, I am rich because I have more than I need. 
So it's really true whether you are a follower of Jesus or not. If we live in the United States and we live in Southern California, we are rich. Come on, let's just say that together. We are rich. Now, you know, it's crazy is none of you jumped up and we're doing a dance. I'm rich. You, you didn't do that. You know why? Because we don't think we're rich. We don't feel like we're rich. We talked about all that in week one and week two, so I won't repeat all of that. But it's true. Just on that definition alone, we have to admit we are rich. Nobody considers themselves rich, but I'm rich. You're rich. We truly are because we have more than we need. See, my goal in this series is, a, is to help you get that. It's, it's to help you come to that realization where you, where you begin to have a change of mindset, where you, where you say, wow, I'm rich. We're rich. Because it, it really changes the perspective, the approach, the paradigm that you have then in dealing with people around you and the way that we think and the way that we process here we are coming into the holidays, and it's you know Black Friday, and, and all of the Christmas spending that we already talked about in one of the statistics. It, you know, it, 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 it affects how we live and how we spend our money when we realize we're rich. We have more than we need. Hmm. It's true. My other goal is to help you get good at being rich. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, you need to get good at being rich. Would you tell them that? We really do, because we are lousy, rich people. That, I didn't tell you to tell them that, but that's really what I wanted you to tell them, is you are a lousy, rich person, and so am I. We, we are not any, we're no good at this. I know that's not good grammar, but we, we ain't any good at this, right? That's why we put these bills on your seat every week. We hope that you are taking these and putting them somewhere just to remind yourself of the fact that you're rich. So we've been un unpacking what the Apostle Paul wrote to his protege Timothy in 1 Timothy 6. Look what Paul does. He instructs rich people to, to live a certain way. Take a look at it. Teach those who are rich in this world. So we've got to put, that, put us into that category, right? So, he's, so Paul's not, he's not just talking to anyone and everyone out there. He's talking to us. Tell, tell the person next to you. He's talking to you today. Okay, he's talking to me today. Yeah. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud, not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. What's interesting is we have this tendency to trust money rather than God. And ironically, our money says in God we trust, but we look at that and go, no, we don't. We trust more in our money than we do in God. We all have that tendency, that slide to trust in our money. So last week we made a declaration and I hope that you're beginning to embrace this. We said, I will not trust in money but in God who gives me all I need. So I will begin to put my trust in God and I'll say, God, I'm not gonna look at the money factor. I'm not saying that you stick your head in the clouds or in the sand. I'm not saying that. You just, you're just saying, I'm not gonna look at the money factor. I'm gonna look to you. You are gonna be my source. You're gonna be the one that provides and I'm gonna look to you put my trust in God who gives me all that I need. So, so how do you do that? That's what I promised you last week at the end. That was a little catch. I said, all right, we're going to find out how to do this next week. Guess what? This is next week. So how do we do this? How do we put our trust in God and not in our wealth? Because it's really hard to do in our culture. Well, Paul tells us, take a look, verse 18. 
Tell them, who's them? That's the rich people in this world, so that would be us as well. Tell them, us, to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need. I want you to go to your outline and circle the the two things that Paul tells us there. Good works, circle that, good works and generous. Come on, say it with me. Good works and generous. Good works and generous. And generous. That's what Paul's talking about. He's telling us something here. Paul specifically highlights two areas, good works and generosity. And if you don't realize it, good works involves our time. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Generosity involves our what? Money. Sure, we'll talk about that. So Paul begins to focus in on these things for a specific reason, because he knows that even way back then in the first century, rich people had extra time and money. Even way back in the first century, they had extra time and money, hang on, just like we do. Rich people have extra time And money. And Paul says, use your extra to help others. That's his focus. Now, I know we don't feel like we have extra time. And the minute I said that, some of you were going, you don't even know my schedule, man. Right? And I don't. But I do know that we have extra time. For instance, let me just give you an example. Most of us get at least one day off a week. If we're a working person, we get at least one day off a week. You say, well, I don't get a a whole day off. Well, do you get part days that would add up to a full day? Probably so. We get at least one day a week off. Or maybe some of us get a whole weekend, and that could be a Saturday-Sunday. It could be any other two-day combo that you get throughout the week. But listen to me, that's unheard of in the rest of the world, to, to actually get a day off. Most people in the rest of the world have to work every day. If you don't work, you don't eat. If you don't work, you don't live. But to to think that in the United States, we have an opportunity to only work five or six days a week and still have enough money or resources to live seven days that week, it's unheard of for much of the developing world. It blows them away. See, whether or not we realize it, rich people have extra time. Now, I know we take it for granted. We don't really think about it that way. And most of us are very busy on our days off, right? Anybody else like me? I was very busy yesterday, okay? It's just the way it is. We are very busy people. And there's nothing wrong with that. So, so I don't want to you know, throw a guilt trip on any of us. There's nothing wrong with it, but here's the problem. See, we use up all of our extra time, and then we begin to think that we don't have any extra time. And it changes our mindset. And so we go through our weeks and months thinking, I have no time to do anything for anybody else. I'm barely getting by. And truly, if you looked at your schedule and if we followed you throughout your day and through your week, we would probably say, yeah, you're using up all your time. So there's nothing wrong in this, but for us to realize that we do have 
time to use. Hmm. Now, I, I got to be honest with you. This is the hard one for me. Honestly, this series called Be Rich, I was going to just like talk about money, not even talk about this time thing, just kind of leave it off to the side. You know why? Because time is my struggle, to be honest with you. I mean, just like you, I already have a busy schedule, and I struggle in giving away my time. My time to me is more valuable than my money. If you ask me for 10 bucks, I could give you 10 bucks, but if you ask me for an hour, I don't know. I don't know if anybody else is like me in that, but that's kind of the way I feel, and I, it just, it's, I don't know, maybe it's my OCD or something coming out, but it's just me, okay? Uh, especially, <laughs> especially if you come to me with something that I didn't plan on, like weeks in advance, like I didn't already have it in my phone scheduled, and, you, and my wife is notorious for this. My wife flows a lot differently on the whole time commitment thing than I do. And, you know, we've been married a long time, so we've kind of, the give and take, we, we work together on this. But, man, she's notorious for, like, calling me up going, hey, um, we're going we're gonna to do this, all right? I'm like, wait, what? Um, I don't know. i got to check my schedule. She goes, you don't have anything going on. I said, i, I got to check my schedule. She goes, why do you have to check your schedule? I said, I just got to check my schedule. Okay, I'm just, I'm thinking I'm busy. Anybody else like me in that? You just, you, you automatically think busy, and when somebody's trying to add something to your schedule, okay, um, I'm not sure. I can't commit. I'm not, I'm not going to commit. I'm going to hesitate. I'm going to pull back. Um, another thing that really struggles, I struggle with is when things that don't have an end time or don't have a timeline, you know, like, like if somebody says, hey, can you come over and help me with something in my house? I'm like, yeah, okay, for how long? That's usually my, at least my first thought. I may not say it to you, but that's my first thought. Is, is I'm thinking, okay, I, I can give you like, I love you, so I can give you like two hours of my time, or three maybe. But are you talking like all day? And what scares me is when I get over there and they say, hey, we put in an order for dinner. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And this is like 8 a.m.? Like, wait, I, I, I didn't commit all day because I don't have all day that I can give you. Now, was I planning on something else on that day? Maybe not. <laughs> it's just in my mind, I'm, I struggle with my time. Anybody else like that? It's tough. And so, so when I come to this passage, I'm like, okay, Paul, okay, God, I hear you, but this is hard. I mean, I... I really think we need to start thinking about a question that we have to ask ourselves. You and I have to begin asking ourselves, how can I use some of my extra time to help others? And that's, that's a tough one. How? Well, I, I'm not going to go into it this morning, but honestly, for me, I've got to start prioritizing. I've got to start planning ahead. I've, I've got to start reorganizing some of my schedule. But more than anything, I've got... I got to change the way I think because I got to realize that I am rich in time. I mean, we're, we're, I'm going to, you know, spoiler alert here. We're going to talk about the water project in just a little bit. Um, it's, it's, um, sorry. <laughs> it's been really 
pushing on me this week because this time issue is a struggle for me. And the thing that's been pushing on me about these nations that don't have clean drinking water is the fact that these kids, these students, they spend so much time going and walking to get water that I take for granted. I mean, I can just walk up to the tap. I can just walk to the fridge. I can grab a water. I just did that a few minutes ago. I got a water bottle here, right? I mean, it, it doesn't take any time for me to get water. And to think that I would have to give up some of my time just to get water? Wow, I'm rich. I'm rich. So are you. So, so there's got to be this mindset change, this... this, this um, paradigm change in me in order for me to start thinking about how I can use my extra time to help others. You know, you know what this taps into? It taps into the whole idea of serving others, which is something that we're called to do as a follower of Jesus, serving people who are in need, serving people you don't know, serving people who have no way of paying you back, serving. Have you ever felt like you wasted time when you were doing something, maybe you, maybe for instance, you you um, were on Facebook and uh, or your Twitter account, and you're just kind of reading through feeds, and and before you realize it, you just wasted like two hours of your day. And come on, and it is wasting, right? I mean, come on, people that post. I'm sorry, but most of people, I won't say all of us, because we're not this way, but most people that post, this is like the highlight reel of their life. They don't look like that all the time. Right? They're not always smiling. Their kids are not always smiling. Sometimes their kids are crying. I remember, I remember when Shannon, our daughter, contacted me and said, Dad, it's so funny. People think that, that Elijah, my grandson, my daughter's son, that Elijah is just the easiest baby, just the happiest baby all the time. Because that's all that I post on Facebook. They're not with me when the kid is grumpy. They're not with me when the kid is constipated. They're not with me. You follow me? It's a highlight reel. And, and anyway, that's a whole other message. Anyway, I'm getting off on a, on a soapbox here. But uh, so we waste this time. Have, have, you ever, uh, have you ever spent time watching TV or binging on Netflix or something like that? And before you know it, you're like, Dude, four hours. We, we've been watching TV for four hours. And you just realize you just wasted that amount of time that you'll never, ever get back. Listen, you can make more money, but you can't make more time. Hmm. So you feel like you've wasted this. I guarantee something. You will never serve others and think it is a waste of time. I'm telling you, it's hard work <laughs> and it can be exhausting and it can be challenging, but you will never serve others and come away and think, that was a total waste of time. No. You know why? Because there will always be a story to tell. You, you will tell these stories hundreds of times. You will tell about the homeless guy that, that you know, smiled at you and connected with you when you helped him, about the lady who cried when you helped, um, about the, the man who hugged you, about the family who thanked you. Just at, at trick-or-treating, I had a situation. Go ahead and show the picture, Anthony. Thank you. I don't even know their names, 
But this family came in, and I was, Jason and I were, were working safety, and this family came in, and they came around door one and door two, and they hit door two, and I was telling them to go around the corner and keep going down the doors. And the, this mom, the, the little guy was walking around, and he was completely lost, clueless as to what he was doing. And so dad was trying to help him knock on the door, right here, knock on the door, you know. And, and, um, and so the mom said, this is his first time. And I said, this is a great place to learn because it's safe, it's lit up, it's not, you know, it's not scary. Any, he's going to have a blast. She goes, you think so? I said, Absolutely. So at the end of the night, after they took this picture, they were kind of floating through the, the uh, patio area. And I just walked up to him and I said, hey, how'd he do? And she patted me on the back and she said, thank you. Listen to this. She said, tell the people who lead this event that this meant a lot to our family tonight. Because it was perfect for us. And I was like, yay, yay, Yes. Right? I, did, I didn't show that. But that's what I was thinking. Yay us. Yay Pathway Church. And that story is going to stay with me for years. Some of you heard the story a couple of years ago. We had this, this big Samoan family that used to come through um, year after year. They came for like five, six years in a row. And, and I'll never forget this family comes through, and I used to see this girl used to work over at McDonald's. When I'd drive through and get a cup of coffee, she was always there. Hey, you're the Pathway Church guy. I'm like, yeah. Anyway, so she came through, and um, they, were, they were coming through, and I was in the same place, and they came through, and she said, hey, it's you. And she came over, and she hugged me and stuff, and she goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. I said, okay, what's going on? And she said, Something to these guys in a different dialect. I don't even know what it was. But she said, and the, the three biggest Samoan dudes come walking through the hallway. And she goes, I want you to tell him what you told me. And these big guys are like, no. She goes, and she grabbed one by the shirt. She goes, you tell him what you told me. And I'm, I'm assuming that that was sister and these were brothers, right? And so the one guy goes, okay. Our family loves coming to this event. And she goes, and give him a hug. <laughs> and so I, I just like, I just come walking to him, you know. And he gave me this big old bear hug. That story will never leave me, right? You know what? Being safety, Jason knows being safety is not all the glamorous and not all the most fun. And it's, you pretty much just stand. Hey, put, you know, caution tape around, carry a big flashlight, Hey, this way. Hey, we're keeping you safe. You know, there's not a lot of glamour in it. But it makes it worth it when you hear people do those kinds of things. And so I'm never going to forget the little guy in the dragon suit, the little green dragon. That meant something to me. And I guarantee you, when you serve people, it will mean something to you. Friends, when we book up our schedules... When we use up all of our extra time and miss out, we miss out on the one thing that could be so rewarding. You're not going to hear me tell stories of Facebook posts that I read. But you're going to hear me tell the green dragon story. Hmm. Look what Paul continues. He says, tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and, come on, say it with me, generous to those 
in need. And many of us are already thinking, wait, wait, I'm already generous, so I've got like half of this done, Paul, so I'm good on this one, so we can just skip to the end. I give to my church, I support missionaries, I gave a dollar to a homeless guy the other day, I'm good, I'm generous. Friends, Paul isn't talking about average generosity here. This, this is the thing that I want us to understand. I, I, I don't have it on your notes, but I think Paul is trying to tell us we need to, to be good, at, like rich people good. Do you know what I'm talking about? This is, this is generosity that, that surpasses everyone else. We need to develop a lifestyle of generosity that just overwhelms people. We live in a culture that has so many options for our money. I mean, there's always something else to buy. There's always something else to do. But Paul says, don't let your lifestyle increase with your income. He says, as Jesus followers, we should be the most generous people in the world, helping people. So we've got to ask a question. How can I give some of my extra money to help others? That's the fill in the blank there on your outline. So not only extra time, but extra money. So come back next week. We're going to talk more about this. But in 2 Corinthians 9, Paul goes along this line with another letter that he writes to followers of Jesus in the city of Corinth. Take a look at what he writes. Paul says this, God will generously provide all you need. I love that promise. And that is a New Testament, New Covenant thing. We can claim that. I believe that is a practical promise that we can believe and trust and claim. So Paul steps into this, um, this area that has to do with our mindset. And, and because, see, some of us read those words, those, what is it, seven words, and some of us said, yes, God generously provides all I need. And we can, we can tell stories of how God has done it. And then there's others of us who are saying, no, he didn't last week. Or I'm really struggling to, to meet ends meet right now. So how come... This works for them and not for me. Hmm. See, see, Paul um, is talking about really a frame of reference. And I really believe that a part of this be rich and being good at being rich has to do with us reframing how we think. See, Paul is talking about a mindset, actually two mindsets that work against each other. It's the abundance mindset and the scarcity mindset. The scarcity mindset says, I don't have enough. I never have enough. I need everything I get, everything I make, everything I earn. I need everything I have to survive. And too many of us have this mindset. Too many of us um, think along these ways. And honestly, it causes us to be stingy. It causes us to be hoarding. It causes us to be selfish. It causes us to discount what God wants to do in our lives, what God calls us to do. Honestly, it calls us to miss out on all that God wants to do through us. Come back next week because we're really going to talk a lot about this. But the abundance mindset says, I am blessed. I have more than I need. So now you see where I'm trying to help you get to is the abundant mindset that we are blessed. We have more than we need. I, I can share because God has given me 
extra. So my question to you, and just, just, just to think about it, how do you think? Do you think you have extra or not enough? It's a good question to ask yourself today. When you walk away, maybe as a couple, maybe as friends, you can have this conversation. Hey, how do you think? Do you think you have enough? You have extra or not enough? It's a good question. So if we're followers of Jesus, we need to think differently. Look at how Paul continues. He says, God will generously provide all you need. Then, so, so he's going to provide it up front. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty Boy, what are those next two words? Leftover to share with others. Ever dream that you would have leftovers financially? That's what Paul's talking about. That you will have plenty leftover to share with others. So here's the question. Why does God bless us? He blesses us so that we can be generous and share. Again, I keep pushing for next week. It's going to be a really good message next week. It's going to help you really visually understand how this works, how God wants to work through your life so that you can be generous. When I begin to realize that I have more than enough, I begin to decide something in my life. And this is the point that we're pushing for today. I want you to get this down. God has given me more than I need, so I will give some away to help others. God has given me more than I need, so I will give some away to help others. Now, notice I don't say all away, but some, some. God has given me all, more than I need, so I will give some away to help others. I believe that. God has given me extra so that I can help others. Let's take a look at this video, and then I want to talk, and then we'll close in prayer. I have a picture in my office. This was uh, a picture, you'll see it on the screen. We were involved with thewaterproject.org uh, several years ago in providing a well to be drilled actually in Western Kenya. And um, this is one of several water projects that we've been a part of. And uh, I have it in my office just because I wanna be reminded that I'm rich, that you're rich that we take these kinds of things for granted. So with all of that said, we have an opportunity once again to partner with the Water Project. And uh, we've got a brochure that's right inside your brochure today that you were given from the Water Project, gives you more information about them. And I would love for us to do some amazing things. This project that they're looking at in Eshikufu is um, a little bit over $10,000. Go ahead and show the next, next slide. Oh, I didn't explain what they're going to do. I'll just hold it there. Thank you, Anthony. Um, it's about $10,000, a little bit over $10,000. And uh, they are looking to do this in January 2019. And they need a sponsor. They have no one that's sponsoring this. This is what they want to do. It's called rain catchment. And they want to build, um, I believe it was a 50,000 liter tank that they build and they connect it to the rain gutters. You can go to Google Maps and, and zoom in on it. They have a, a couple of buildings that are really long and narrow. And so they connect the rain gutters through a filtering process that collects water and goes into this tank and then they collect it year round. And if you notice the trees behind, they are not in a sub-Sahara area. They are in a forested area. They get plenty of rainwater. So for them, they don't need to drill a well. They just need to collect the rainwater and get it filtered. And so that's what they're doing. That's what they're wanting to set up. 
So in January of next year, 2019, they are looking to build a rain catchment, but also to do what's called the WASH program. The WASH program is providing water and sanitation and hygiene. So they're going to go in and build new latrines for boys and girls. They're also going to set up hand-washing stations. They're also going to give uh, community training, not only to the children, but also to their parents and people in the community about what it is to, to have sanitation and hygiene. And it's a continued training throughout the time that they have this rain catchment because students will change. And so you have to have constant training. I think it is an incredible opportunity for us to be a part of what God is wanting to do for these students at Eshikufu Primary School. And for you and I to take of what we have extra and give to people who are in need, who we don't know, who will never be able to pay it back, but we will make a huge impact in their life. God has given us more than we need, and he calls us to use our extra to help others. So this next slide, this is the project, and on December 9th, Sunday, December 9th, we want to do a big offering. We've got to get over the top of 10000 in order to make this happen. But I would love to be able to go beyond that so that we can do more in this project and help them even more. And so please begin praying and considering and I would love for you on this big offering to dig deep. Say, God, you've given me extra. I want to use it. I want to see what you can do. So Paul speaks to us today. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud, not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good, they should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. Remember what is our point for today? God has given me more than I need, so what? I will give some away to help others. I hope you come back next week, the last exciting part of our series, Be Rich. Let's pray.